Have you seen him move mountains over the years in your life? Are we going to trust him to do it again? Are we going to lean on him when it doesn't make sense? Or we think, well, maybe we should do it this way or that way? We're going to say no. You made the way. Well, there's no way. You have your Bible, why don't you go with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, probably a lot of what you know of John 17 comes at the very end of John 17. Jesus' prayer as you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. So it's interesting as you gather around the scripture this morning, and um, for me it's really kind of neat to think that these are are things that he said on this earth. There's some, it's just fun for me to go back and watch old videos and, you know, hear my dad say certain things or watch his facial expressions. Um, And so here you have um, Jesus who 2,000 years ago walked on this earth and then he's going to pray a prayer and the disciples are going to hear it, but he's really saying to us, okay, Lord, he's saying to you, I'm going to send you in the community. The question will be, as we enter into the community, how will we enter into that community? Will we enter into this, well, you know, I'm just going to work today, or this is what I do, or we say, you know what, by the way, I'm a missionary designed by God to do this in our community, to spend time with this individual, to love this person, just to to be with them. Um, Appreciate, I won't say who the person is because they'll be frustrated with me, but there's a guy that we've been praying for and. If you know me, you know that I was good friends with Ike and Stan, Ike Richards and Stan Schoonover. One of Ike's passions was was to be in the community. He wanted to develop relationships with people so that he would then could say to them, by the way, we're having a golf outing on such and such a date. Would you like to come and play? And by the way, we're going to serve supper over here. And then every year that we have a golf tournament, Ike would get on the microphone and say, by the way, I want to invite you to a gospel preaching church tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock or 10.45. But Ike would spend hours developing relationships with people so that he could just invite them to church, just say, hey, I want to introduce you to an opportunity to share the gospel or meet Christ. And so we have some friends that Ike has passed on to our responsibility to love them the way that he loved them so that they would enc- we would continue to encourage them to come to Bible Fellowship Church or go to a church where the gospel is being presented. How many of us really think that way? It's natural to think, well, I'm retired or I'm an electrician or I'm a carpenter or I work at this office or I work at that office or I go here. Or... But how many of us have paused to say, no, wait a second. My father sent me into the world to share the gospel to interact with people. So if you have your Bible, we know we talked a little bit about last week, John chapter 17, the beginning, encourage you, continue to encourage you to glorify your Father. I'm going to continue to encourage you to know your Father. Be reminded of how He moves the mountains. Be reminded of His faithfulness. Be reminded of His mercy. Be reminded of His grace towards you so that your life will then manifest not you or what you do, but your life will manifest Christ. That as people say things to you, oh, well, what, what, oh you're, you're just so good. Oh, I just want to thank the Lord for giving me the opportunity to do that. I can do this because of what Christ has done in my life. 
And I think at times we all just kind of need a a wake-up call, say, whoa, hold on a second. I need to be reminded of this message. I need to be reminded of the mission. I need to be reminded of the responsibility. Say, okay, Lord, send me out there. Get me involved. I'll tell you in a little bit, but I had a neat privilege yesterday to be totally outside of my comfort zone and totally in a place that I haven't been in since I was in college. And God has made a way to do something through an individual that got involved with Abide 21, got involved with the Scripture, saying, you know what? We need this over here. We need to manifest Jesus in our world. So would you guys as pastors come to our world? Well, sure. God made a way where there was no way. God opened a door that's never been opened before. So we walked in that yesterday. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But I want to show you the truth of the Scriptures before I share some things with you. The first thing that I want you to walk out of here with as you look at John chapter 17 is this. Take your Bible and go to John chapter 17 and verse 9. I'm going to read to you this morning about out of my New American Standard Bible. I kind of like this phrase a little bit different than my ESV. So if it sounds different, I am reading something a little bit different. So Jesus' words, I hope you have a red-letter Bible um, so you get a chance to read these words. But just know, these words weren't just read. These were spoken by your Savior 2,000 years ago. And John is recording it for those people, but he's also recording it for you today. Okay, this is Jesus speaking for you, to you, through the Scriptures this morning. He says this. So he's talking to his Father. I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on behalf of the world, but on those whom you have given me. Just stop there for a second. Do you realize as you read the scriptures this morning that Jesus is not praying for the lost people in the world? Not right here, right right now in John 17. That's not the purpose of John 17. Oh, we know that he loves the world, and we know he knows no one to to uh, be separated from him, but that's not what he's praying for this morning. I'm not praying for the world. I am praying for those whom you have given me. Whom did the Father give to the Son? That's us. That's those that once said, yeah, we put our faith in you, Christ. That's who he's praying for. So as you think about that this morning, and I won't do all these verses because of time, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20 reminds us that we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We do not have the right to go around and say, okay, Father, thank you for saving me from my sin. Now I want to live my life however I want to live my life. That's not how this Christianity thing works. Now I know it's really easy to come to church and sit in a building and, and bring your Bible in and, oh, we acted the Christian thing today. Oh, yeah, we were there. No, 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 no. We want you to be here, but we want you to walk out of here and say, wow, the Word of God said this. The Word of God reminds you this morning, as Jesus prays for you, that you were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You are not your own. He gave His best gift for us. So as He prays for us, I want us to remind us, because all of us have a sin nature, and all of us have a temptation to say, you know what? Thank you for forgiveness. Let me alone. Thank you for forgiveness. I really don't need you right now. My life is pretty good. 
So as you take the whole counsel of Scripture, not just the pieces I like. Oh, yeah, I like that Jesus was praying for me. Okay, that's really cool. Also be reminded of 1 Peter chapter 18 and 19, talking about being a royal priest. Another verse you can spend some time with this afternoon, but I want to keep on going. So, but, but those of them who you have given me, for they are yours, verse 10, all these things are mine and not yours, and yours are mine, and I have given glory to them. So look here, verse 11. There's a lot of things I want to say in here, but I'm just not going to be able to do all of what I want to say. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. Pause there for a second. Think about that. Allow that just to soak in past, oh, well, I just heard something. Think about Jesus is asking his Father to keep us in his Father's name. You know why he was praying that? Because all of us are prone to wonder. All of us think at times in our lives, you know what, God? I just think we should do it this way. So as you read John 17, read these, hear that, hear these words. He's asking his Father to keep you. I think there are times that we can't even keep ourselves. You know, we think we can go over, oh, I think I should go there and help so-and-so. I can't even help me. How can I help so-and-so? I am still working to try to figure this thing out for me. How can I? Because the Father's kept me over here. I am here today because my Father said, oh, walk this way. Go here. I was reminded in a vivid way yesterday that where I was, I could have been there, but for the grace of God. If I didn't have Christ in my life keeping me and protecting me, I would be way over there somewhere in big trouble. And so as I look at John 17, and as I think about this, so John chapter 10. So take your Bible and go with me to John chapter 10. So go back to the left in your Bible, John chapter 10. Thinking about the Father who has kept you, I wanted to give you a couple more passages of Scripture, just reminding us of who our Father is, how he has kept us. So John chapter 10, 27 through 30. A lot of you probably heard these words when you were a little kid or in Sunday school class, and or you were scared and your parents came to you and said, oh, here's a Bible verse for you. So here, the, here are those words, John chapter 10, 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Think about, you know, and you, you probably remember this as a kid. Well, you know, God put his in my side of hand. Nobody, think about it. There is no one that can move the mountain to say, you know what, you no longer belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no one powerful enough to do that. When I said yes to Jesus, my life is now complete. I'm in him. He keeps me. So I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry about all that goes on outside in our world. I know my father. My father will keep me wherever I go. 
Now, obviously, I'm not going to walk down Highway 27 and say, well, let's just see how this all works. How far can I walk down Highway 27 until some Yankee runs me over? I don't know. And I can say Yankee because I'm a Yankee. I grew up in Indiana, so those of you that get it, you know. And I watch you Yankees drive, too, so it's just it's how it works. So obviously, I'm not going to do that. But obviously, I'm going to walk as a son in the privacy of my home saying, hold on a second, this is my father. And yes, my heart is prone to wander, but Father, can you bring me back? Can you keep me by the power of your name? Ephesians chapter 1 is kind of one of my favorite chapters of Scripture right now. You don't have to go there for, because of time, but I'm just thinking about I've been adopted. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus has been given to me because I'm adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords through the shed blood of his Son. God is my Father. And then I can be reminded of Matthew chapter 1. Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 1. I know it's close after Christmas, but I just love, I love these words as Matthew records it for us. You have Joseph that's struggling. What do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? And I know we talked about this, but I just want to refresh your memory. John or Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 20. But as Joseph considers these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So as I listen to my father who Jesus pray, I need to know some other things than just, oh, that's just a nice prayer. I know that, I'm, that I can walk in confidence in John chapter 1. I know that I have spiritual blessing in Ephesians chapter 1. I know in Matthew chapter 1 that I'll never be alone. So really my father is the one who is shielding and protecting me by the power of his name. There is no other name greater than Jesus. It doesn't exist. And so as I had the opportunity yesterday um, with 10 other guys to meet at Publix North and drive up to APCI, to the prison, and the warden or one of the warden or staff members has said, you know what, this Abide 21 has meant so much to us. We want you guys to come up here and do Abide 21 and in the prison. thinking, how do you do Abide 21 in a prison? So he said, this is how it's going to work. Yes, sir. And uh, so we walk up to the prison, we walk inside the prison, there's different blocks inside the prison, I learned all of this yesterday. We went into the C block of the prison, which means these guys have worked really, really hard to be on their best behavior to get into the C block of the prison, which doesn't really look very nice, by the way. So then the warden says to us, there's a guy that sits in this little control room, which he's got all the plexiglass and all the stuff around. He's got all the monitors, and he's watching everybody. And there's a microphone in there. So Dr. Shannon, who is a retired warden and pastor at Wings of Faith, spoke to those guys through the microphone. But we said before this all takes place, we want the pastors to walk inside the prison doors and stand around this booth. I said, There's no plexiglass on our side of the table. I mean, I, if I'm, I mean, I'm in here and I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm, we're just we are just here. 
And so, which is which was fun for us, really, because we've done this before when I was a kid at Word of Life, and they sent us into the prisons, and we had a blast, and God just did neat things. And so, we're standing in there, and you know, that's not really big deal. Then the warden says to us, okay, now, there's different hallways. You have the freedom to walk down the hallway. I said, all right, that'll be fun. So we walked right down the hallway with all where all the inmates were. Saw their rooms and just started conversations. And then the warden said, you can invite these guys to come to the chapel. Okay, fine. You all want to go to the chapel? You want to go to the chapel? You want to go to the chapel? You want to go to the chapel? A hundred of them followed us to the chapel. There's 200 guys in that ward, in that block C, just that block. A hundred of them followed to the chapel. We spent about an hour um, just talking with them. Cameron shared about prayer. Got a chance to meet a six-foot-six guy. His name was Sticks, and he will spend life in prison. Got a chance to sit next to another guy. His name is Otis. Eight years, he served the United States Marine Corps. And so I sat next to him with his John MacArthur study Bible. I said, let's, let's just talk. He said, I'd love to talk about Jesus. I said, okay. Sat next to another guy that said to me, by the way, I am ordained by God to sit in this seat. Okay. I thought after lunch I should go sit in this seat just to see what happened. But then I thought, you know, he's in prison for something. I don't know what it is, so I probably shouldn't push my luck. <laughs> um, you know what was so cool is there was no security guard there that had a weapon we were just standing in there worshiping Jesus and listening to the truth of God's word and then afterwards they would stop it and so it goes do some question and answers so one of the guys said well you church people people on the stage they look like they have it all together. They look just like life is just perfect for them. So one of the pastors stood up and said, hold on a second. We've misperceived something to you. We are all God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works. And Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, be confident that everything that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete. God's not done with you yet. And then we went to lunch. We came back, we talked about fasting. We had some more sharing time, and then one of the, the best part of the whole day for me was I'm sitting next to Steve Trinkle. We just finished question and answering. One of the inmates stood up and said, you know what? We're so excited God came, and you all just happened to come along with him. Like, it was like no big deal that we were there. Like, and it wasn't. It was not a big deal because God was there, and men were being challenged to pray and fast for 21 days. And God has now allowed us the opportunity for the next three Saturday nights to go back to APCI. They will lead the worship. We will do John 17 stuff with them because the, we felt like it would be neat for the inmates to have the same John 17 passages spoken to them that are spoken into local churches in Highlands County. And so God is going to give us that opportunity to go back. Where there seems to be no way, God makes a way. And one of the gentlemen that I was talking to is Dewey Lehman. He's a friend of mine. Um, he said for 23 years he's been in the prison, ministry, prison system as an employee and never has anyone walked in a cell block. 
because there's never been an administration that said, God, we trust you. And the warden, not the overall warden, but a warden over a certain part of it, and another gentleman walked into the cell block C with us, and they were willing to take the risk for us to walk into cell block C with them so that we could share the gospel and then come back and disciple men however long we want to. And the next three Saturday nights, every Saturday night, the assistant warden will be with us as we open the scriptures with the inmates because he wants them to hear the truth of God's word. And I share that with you to celebrate the gospel, not an event. Let's celebrate God doing something in an individual's life, not just, oh, for one time we get to walk into a prison. Let's celebrate God that will be our shield and protector no matter where we are. And may we never be that church person that says, well, you know, I would have never ended up there if we didn't have a relationship with God who keeps us, where would we end? So this morning, I also want you to see another thing in this passage of Scripture. I want you to drop down to verse 13. But now I've come to you that these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I want you to see that little word joy there. And I want us to know joy not from the feeling perspective, because I don't think Jesus was talking about feelings here. If you go back to John chapter 16, he says, take heart, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. So this isn't a little feeling thing. This is, oh yeah, let's high-five each other after worship. Oh, this is really great church service type of thing. I believe Jesus was giving that, talking about joy as individuals that knew him would walk in the truth of the Scriptures. Look what it says after this. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. So when you put joy together, what's close to there? The Word of God. And so if you spend some time in the Scriptures, and we're not going to do all these this morning, John chapter 15, he talks to his disciples about being obedient to the Scriptures. Genesis chapter 1, just reminding us that he was there in the beginning. Where do I find my joy? Not in, the, not in my situations, but in who my Father is. Also reminded, I know they're studying this in, in middle school, Sunday school class, thinking about Ruth. God made a way where there's no way. Ruth, Naomi, Moabite, in the line of the Messiah. Yes, because that's what God wanted. That was the plan. And so as you and I walk in a world that is crazy, I want us to find our joy not in our circumstances, but in who God is. As we were praying at the, the courthouse the other day, I was just thinking, you know what? All I really need in life is Jesus. But some other things are really kind of neat, but they're not, they don't, I don't have to have that. Jesus, I just want my life to be you. You make me complete. You make me full. You satisfy my heart. You're my joy. It's really easy for me to find, find, or really easy for us to find joy in, well, I like that food. I like that music. I like that seat. I like my car. Oh, I just bought a new car. Well, my family's being nice to me right now. The neighbor's not playing their loud music anymore. My health is really good right now. I might get some money back on my taxes. 
And really what he says to us, joy comes from his word. Knowing that my father never changes. Knowing that his mercies are new every morning. Knowing there's a place that I can never go that my father's not there. Knowing that he'll make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. So I want to encourage us to walk in that because the truth of the matter is, is if you look at the end of this verse, It says in verse 15, I did not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them in the world. Keep them from the evil one. Wait a second. Jesus didn't pray for us to be, life to be easy. He didn't say to his dad, Dad, take them out of the world. Just take them up to heaven. It'll be really good for them to spend eternity with you. He didn't say that. He didn't say put a bubble around them and make life really fun and exciting. Oh, let's just do all the Disney World stuff. Let's do that. No, no. He didn't do that. He said, keep them in the world. Why? Well, the end of the passage is probably what you know is because he says to us, then sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I am also sending them into the world. That's why he prayed for us to stay in the world, because he wanted to send us. While you're in the world, you'll need very good navigational device. It's fascinating to me if I would have told you 25 years ago that there would be something in your car that would tell you where to go, men, and it would be in a woman's voice, you would have laughed at me. Because for all these years, your wife says, you probably should turn here. No, babe, I know what I'm doing. Why are we going around the block again? Well, I know where I am. And part of it is funny, but will you listen to him? Will you allow the Word of God to navigate you? Will you say, okay, this is what the world says. No, God, this is truth. This is the Scriptures. This is what you want from my life. All right, Father, I get it. In John 17, you pray for me to sanctify myself with truth. Why? Because you want to send me into the world. You wanted me to make your name great. You wanted me to talk about you, Jesus. You and I are sitting here this morning as individuals that really should live our lives as the sent ones. That's what Jesus prayed. All right, Lord, I'll be more than happy to live in the country club of Sebring so that you give me an opportunity to meet a neighbor so I can tell them about Jesus. God, I'd be more than happy to play golf. God, I'd be more than happy to be retired so I could go do this and this and this. So you would send me here. I don't have to worry about getting a paycheck. I don't have to go to the office at 8 o'clock. Maybe I'll go to the tennis court. Send me over there. Maybe you'll go to Goodwill. Send me there. For those of you ladies, maybe God will just send you to a salon ministry to get your nails done. But it may it not be, wow, that, that look, but you know what? You need to fix this one. This isn't right. No, I'm paying you to do my nails so I can talk to you about Jesus. I'll sit here. I'll smell all that stinky stuff. But may it not be about, wow, look at my nails. May it be, well, I'm a missionary in a world that is broken, and I've been sent by my father to go into a world. That's navigating biblically. That's the truth. You all can quote probably Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. We know it. Then live that. Pause today and say, God, I want to be a missionary in Highlands County. 
what do you want me to do? Look at your life as becoming a missionary. I remember going to South Africa. We moved into South Africa. We didn't know nothing. It was bad. We walked to the car. We didn't know what, that's the boot, that's the bonnet, that's the trolley. What? We're shopping. They speak English. They call things weird things. They don't call ketchup ketchup. They call it tomato sauce. Now, try to go find tomato sauce when you're asking for ketchup. Never, ever did I go back into the grocery store and ask for tomato sauce or ketchup. I'd always ask for tomato sauce. I'll get this right in my head. I thought like a missionary. That's what they talk about. I want to get involved in that. That's what they know. I want to get involved in that. So I can develop relationships. I can invite them to church. So I can talk to them about Jesus. I came back to Sebring. I, didn't, I don't think so much like a missionary. I think like a pastor. I don't really want to think like a pastor. I want to think like a missionary. I want to be able to go into that community and say, okay, look, I'm here. I want to develop a relationship with you. I want to love you the way I loved you because I want to invite you to come to church because I want to tell you about Jesus. And I'll do that for however long it needs to take for me to get that opportunity to do that. I'll buy your lunch however long we need to so we can talk about Jesus. I know there's three things and no route of time. First thing I want to encourage you is ask, I ask on behalf of those you have given me. You've been given to Jesus by your by his father. We can talk about predestination. We can talk about election. We can talk all about those things. I don't mind doing that. I'm not going to argue with you. You know what I know? There's never been a day that your father didn't know your name and knew the day you would say yes to his son, Jesus Christ. There's never been a day. So in that, know that your joy can come from your father if you know the truth of the scriptures and you allow the Holy Spirit to do something in your life because of the truth of the scriptures. And know that this life is not yours. You have been called and sent by Jesus to be a missionary in our community. Ask the Holy Spirit to change your mindset. That's what I want to do. God, I want to change my mindset. I want to live missionally-minded individual. People are dying on the way to hell. Maybe we can share the gospel with one more person so there's not another person in the APCI prison because they need to find they found Jesus before they ended up there. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be with, around the scriptures today. And so, Father, there's many different people in here, and there's many different needs. But you have said to us this morning clearly, we're yours. May we find truth in the scriptures. May we find our joy in the truth of the scriptures. And Father, may we actually believe that you are sending us out of here today as a missionary in Highlands County. You're sending us, your sons, your daughters, into a broken community with hope, truth, and peace because you're the Father. So may that be who we are. May we be about the gospel. Oh, may we love golf and love basketball and love tennis and love those things, but may we use those things as opportunities to develop relationship with people so we can tell them about our Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.